On this episode, yada yada yada, death versus thrash metal, lucha libre, and some pretty epic adventures. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. hosts Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Uh, today we Thank have you. explorers Kristen and Vile Jokinen, and they're going to be talking a little bit about an adventure that they had that I, I saw this actually in a, a local coffee shop here in Bend. I was, you know, my wife and I were in there buying some coffee and I saw this book on the, on the counter by the checkout called Joyride, A Bike Odyssey from Alaska to Argentina. And I was just, you know, immediately kind of like, oh, hooked, I gotta go check, I gotta check this out. And and so I reached out and and here we are. So, so tell us maybe a little bit about, um, well, tell us about this odyssey that you took. I mean, what, what, first of all, maybe like, how did you meet? And then how did the, how did you go from like, oh, you know, we have something in common or whatever, to, to like, oh, let's take a bike ride from Alaska to Argentina. How do you make, you know, what does that look like? Uh, yeah, Vila, I'd like to, I'd like to pretend that, um, like he hit on me when we met, but let's be real. It probably was me hitting on him. So <laughs> I, I think we all want to hear it from his point of view or something. Uh, what, how did we meet? Yeah, that was, uh, just over 15 years ago in, uh, I, uh, I had, I was working in um, in a corporate finance, and I told my boss I needed three months off to go back back Southeast Asia. I'm burned out, and he said, "No, I can't give you that." And I said, "Okay, I quit." And he said, "Okay, I can give you that three months." <laughs> he, was, he was bluffing. <laughs> so and then I so I I backpacked through um, Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, and then Vietnam. I went to scuba dive, and that's where I met this girl. She was. Uh, with a, I was with a British guy uh, who was scuba instructor, and uh, and uh, then Kristen was with a, another American girl, and then uh, we really hit it off, and we traveled almost ten days together in Vietnam, and then our our paths went separate ways because I already had a ticket to Laos, and she had a ticket to back to Thailand, and then back to U.S. and back to U.S. and then. Uh, a couple of months later, I'm in Finland, back in Finland, and she flies to see me there. You yeah. missed the yada yada. There's some yada yada in there. This is a family program. This is a family program. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll just skip the yada yada part. But, yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, no, he completely skipped the meeting part. It was oh, like, okay, I don't know, okay, I met this yeah. girl on a boat or something, but let's go to the rest of like back yeah. in Finland. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so we were on a scuba diving boat in Vietnam and um, doing a dive. I was getting certified. He was doing a day dive. And um, so we, um, it was funny because we broke for lunch and I went to the t second deck on the, the ship and, or the boat. And then he, he was, um, uh, he was, uh, we were, took a break for lunch. I went to the second top deck. I went and dove off to go swim in the water. Vile came over and then he saw me and then he took a nice swan dive over the top of me to like jump in the water next to me, but he forgot to tie his shorts. <laughs> so as soon as he hit the water, his shorts shot off uh -huh. and they were float left floating there on the on the water. <laughs> so this is in case you're wondering how Finnish men hit on women. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 I'm sure I'm sure he forgot. Forgot yeah. to tie yeah. the drawstring. Yeah. Forgot. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Just keep Oopsie. them small talk. Yeah. 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 That was the yada yada I was talking about the yeah. Yeah. That's that's family yeah. enough for the show. I'm not going to cut that out. Oh, so yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you spend the next 10 days just backpacking around and just traveling, or were you scuba diving that whole time? Or 
No, that was yeah, almost like every day a different town. There's a there's this system, or at least used to be uh, in Vietnam, that it's twenty five dollars to go from Hanoi to uh, Saigon on a bus, and you could hop on, hop off. But it was a, like a legit bus. Uh, with sometimes you could even sleep on it. Um, that the seats lay down, and and so we a lot of backpackers were either going south or going north, and we happened to both be going north on the on the same bus line and. So we just kept hopping together in different towns and, and yeah, we yeah. spent 10 days getting to know each other really yeah. intensely. And, um, Vila used to play professional soccer. I played all wow. the way through college wow. and then, um, we just, even though two different con- from two different countries culturally, I think they're quite similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a lot in common. We liked a lot of the same movies, a lot of the same jokes, had a lot of the same sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of hit it off. But it was definitely when, as we're traveling, going, okay, wait, we almost couldn't get further away from each other where we're from on the planet. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to make this work? Because I had to go back to US and finish my college. He had to go back and continue working for this amazing job that he really enjoyed. <laughs> So, 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 Kristen, you yeah. said you had a lot in, in common culturally. Does this mean that you're a huge death metal fan? I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I just when I think yeah. of Finland and Finnish yeah. music, it's almost all death metal. I don't. I'm yes. probably wrong. There are probably other yeah. types of music. It's no, just they like don't. you know, no, no it's yeah. all death metal, no, isn't it? It's yeah. all death. metal. Of course, there's other. There's trash metal. There's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's different types of metal. Yeah, yeah. don't be silly now. Yeah, you're right. Recycled sorry, you're right, metal. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's bad American. <laughs> culture is yeah. there and i apologize yeah for the weddings and the funerals <laughs> right. we have trash metal right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long were you two apart between vietnam and finland the finland visit and then how just long did you do long distance oh just under two months before she flew yeah yeah she flew to finland for three months to get see if uh yeah. So, so I had to yeah. go back to States and I had, um, he kept saying when we had to part, like, Oh, we'll, we'll see each other again. I know we'll see each other again, but I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, so I went back to Oregon and I booked a ticket right away, uh, to go to Finland. Um, and I booked it for the summer. Um, I had to sell my vehicle to be able to do it. Cause I was already, gone for almost a year with this internship and everything else total. And so um, telling my parents was really awesome. No, they were, <laughs> they were not they were thrilled. Yeah, with the, yeah, thrilled. Yeah. They're like, you met a guy in Vietnam. Is he Vietnamese? Yeah. And I'm like, no, he's from Finland. And they're like, yeah. where the hell is that? And I said, yeah. I don't know. And they're, um, and they're country music fans. So they're like, we yes. can't, you know, I can't, yeah, we can't have a wedding with after thrash metal. This isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I booked a ticket to go to Finland, um, and I planned to see other friends, but it was so funny when I called Vilay to tell him that I booked my, my plane ticket and I was coming, he was so excited. He's like, when are you coming? And I said, oh, in like, whatever it was, three Mm -hmm. weeks or four weeks from then. And he said, well, how long do you get to stay? And I'm like, okay, keep in mind, I'm going to go see other friends and stuff, but it's expensive to book a plane ticket to Europe, Mm -hmm. like Central Europe. So I'm like, so I'm like, well, I'm coming for three months or whatever it was for the whole summer. (laughs) And he literally dropped the phone. I'm pretty sure he dropped the phone because I just heard like nothing. It's like, hello, hello, check. Is this, is this microphone working? You know? I was worried she's a clinger. <laughs> <laughs> Stage four clinger right yeah, here, in case yeah. anybody's wondering. Yes, verified. I'm, we're still here. So then, so now, obviously, you go to Finland and, and yada yada yada, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you now? How did? How long from after? So you guys got together. Was this massive trip to South America? So that was. Um, so we met 2008 and we did the bike trip 2016 to 2018. So that was so, eight so, years. So wow. prior to that, prior to that though. Yeah. We hiked the we, Pacific Crest Trail. We oh. had done how long oh. she'd asked how long. Oh, right. You part. asked. Yeah. So we had, we had to do this on and off in, in, in each other's countries. Like I, I got a six month visa to US, then I had to be six months out. Yeah, for those that don't know about the visa system, um, the your EU and uh, US, you only get 
the 90 days mm -hmm. and then you got to leave and you can't just like leave and cross the border and come back. You have to be gone 90 days. You get there and gone. And so we had to deal with the, this for years. I don't know how many years, five years or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we would do a lot of different uh, trips in between. Mm -hmm. um, so we did a, uh, we crewed on sailboats. We found an online ad for crewing on sailboats, which is super safe. And no parent would be afraid of that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What so the question every... is, do you, do you watch Below yeah. Deck is the question. Do you watch <laughs> yeah. Below Deck? I haven't seen it's it, but like that, right? okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know, but I know that we 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 decided to we found this like online crew wanted and we decided ah that looks like fun. We'll just meet there. So he was in Finland and we met on the West Coast. I flew from Oregon. East Coast. Oh, sorry, East Coast. Yeah. And then we just sailed off for ten days into the wide open ocean crewing on this sailboat with a guy named a captain literally named Jack. And Bob and my parents were like, it's the only time my parents asked me and like begged me to not go on some crazy adventure because they were sure did, did that we would Did you guys have experience back. crewing? I mean, God, no, 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 I knew nothing about boats. I didn't yeah. know anything like about boats. The closest thing I think I had to a boat was like, you know, a little boat, a toy boat in the bathtub as a child. Does that qualify? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I we took some. So. No, I don't think so. Either. At the harbor, they had some sailing magazines and we took some of those with us to read and <laughs> learn. Yeah. Yeah. So we we crewed on sailboats um, and we did some other adventures just in and out of countries when we run mm -hmm. out of visas. So we did this for five, about five years. And then when we were living in Finland, um, I had, uh, run into previously some guys that were doing this. They looked emaciated and like four guys or something and bearded and everything in kind of by Lake of the woods down kind of by Ashland Medford area. And I'd run into them with my dad and said, what are these guys doing? And they were like, Oh, we're hiking the Pacific crest trail. This trail goes from Mexico to Canada. And I was like, Whoa, that sounds cool. My dad says, Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> And uh, so I happened to mention this to Vile when we're living in Finland mm. at a stint, like, oh, there's this trail that I think sounds kind of cool. And this is prior to Cheryl Strade's book Wilds coming out, which really put the Pacific Crest Trail on the map. Um, and so not a lot of people knew about it unless, you know, it's kind of in your backyard there in Bend, Oregon in the Sisters Wilderness. So... So I mentioned it to him. He said, that sounds cool. Yeah, let's go do that. And uh, without any experience, we hadn't spent one night in a tent together. We had done no hiking together. We flew to Bend. We bought gear at REI and we went and got a bunch of stuff at Costco, filled boxes, left it with my aunt to ship it along the way, flew down to San Diego and started hiking. And that trail is 2,655 miles. And it took us five months to hike. Mm -hmm. And one of the highest snow years on record in 60 years, beatable only by this year mm -hmm. in snow. And uh, we had over 500 miles of post holing in snow mm -hmm. with map and compass. Let me go on again. This is 2011. Am I guessing that correctly? 2011, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. 2011. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it. Okay. That was a good yeah. snow year. Yeah. That was a good, <laughs> good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we were in Finland when we booked, when we planned this all, we didn't even know it was such a high snow year. So my dad on the phone told us, you realize this is like crazy snow. And I was like, oh, I'm from Oregon, dad. Like I know. <laughs> and Bela's from Finland. Right? They have snow up there. Don't you yeah. have like That's super Santa snow Claus powers? Is. Aren't you like born yeah. like genetically to have snow superpowers when you're from up there from, from Finland? Well, I didn't want to brag it, but now that you brought it up, yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, right? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's a little snow. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is where Santa Claus is from. Yeah. And all yes. the elves is where yeah. he yeah. is from. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny. I'm actually in Medford right now and was in REI the other day. And some of those scraggly uh, PCT hikers were wandering the aisles. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got a little scruffy. Because a lot of them yeah. skipped the scare. Yeah. I was going to say they're probably snow. hopscotching yeah. with uh, this year. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, we've seen yeah. them wandering around town. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so when we were on this in 2011, we, we, even if it was a insane year, I think, um, how many people started? There was 200, just over 200 started About 200 and only wow. about a 40 finished that year because of the, how much snow. Yeah. There was just the I fact that only two. I know, right? Started. I know, like now it's, it's like, thousands yeah. now. Yeah, so, it's yeah someone said it's now. over six thousand, so six yeah. or seven thousand, which yeah. is nuts. Yeah. Like that's what I meant by like the difference back yeah. even eleven years ago. No one, no one yeah. knew what it was. Mm -hmm. Not even friends of mine growing up in Bend knew what the Pacific Crest Trail was. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. last summer, yeah. about a year ago, almost because all the year ago things were popping up in my feed <laughs> last week. Uh, me and our friend Adam uh, hiked uh, uh, southbound through the North Yosemite section of the PCT, oh, going opposite traffic. Cool. And I mean, I don't know if we hit a bubble or if the whole thing was like, but it was insane. Every 10 minutes, if that, we would see other hikers going. And, you know, this is North Yosemite, which is, you know, very remote. Nobody goes, Nobody there. goes there other than PCT. So it was right. pretty incredible to see that many people, you know. Thankfully, we... We're kind of on and off it, but it was, I mean, you know, when we were off it, this stretch when we were off it, we didn't see a single other person. But whenever we would get on it, every other minute we would see people, you know, going yeah. northbound. So wow. you know, that certainly wasn't the case when I had, would hike sections of it, you know, 10, again, 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, or, yeah. or even no, five or six either. years ago. Well, it wasn't that crowded, Jason, so. you were, you did the JMT the same year yeah. they did the PCT, right? Yeah. And I did the JMT, the John yeah. Muir Trail, the in 2010 the year yeah. before so oh, um, crazy. okay yeah okay yeah. so you if you did it the same year you remember the section oh what what time of year did you do it um so we we were i would have been on it 10 years ago today we we started july uh 10th or 11th and then finished on the third or fourth of august so i guess we would okay. we'd be starting a week from now so we didn't have it as bad as you guys did coming through but but it was still yeah yeah no it was still melting yeah. still melting you know still yeah. the creeks were you know were pretty yeah. uh, bear creek was pretty intense and you know we heard we got all the scuttlebutt from all you know you guys of all the like you know all this the, those two poor girls that got washed away in bear creek and uh, they survived thankfully but that sounds terrifying and you know mm. so thankfully you guys we also got to follow in your tracks through all the passes which were you know way steep but uh so yeah i want to go back really quick to never slept in a tent together before never yeah. backpacked yeah, yeah right before. right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you embark on the pacific crest trail let's just like talk about that a little bit I yeah mean, obviously <laughs> you do have a love of adventure and doing it together so uh high points and low points um yeah the yeah why don't you give us the high point and low point yeah i mean high point obviously is is like when you do something like that together you 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 either make it or you, you it, it yeah. breaks you yeah. the relationship yeah. uh, but um we came out stronger i would say the relationship coming out of that we had to we had some we had one issue of like i'm a morning person i'm, I'm a really annoying morning person you know i'm like Super that obnoxious. is there That's any fun. other kind come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and she's she's the opposite and she i'm i i i'm half dead at after 9 p.m you know i'm not an evening person so and she's the vice versa so we had some some issues and so we had to kind of compromise and talk about it and, hey what are we gonna do you know i'm and what do I got to do not to annoy you in the morning? And, you, you know, then um, we had a really good talk and, and uh, we worked on it and kind of learned how to communicate these things. And, and you know, um, both, you know, uh, work on it. And, yeah, I would say for communication in the relationship, PCT was great. But we did meet couples that didn't didn't make it because of that. It's it's a But it's a good test, you know. Yeah. Because you you see yeah. the person at, at at his or her highest and his or her lowest too, sure. yeah. So and that's right. that's the that's the true measurements. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, I mean, if you can be together after hangry, you know, episodes, then you know that's that's about as strong a test as there is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And PCT is just nothing but hangry. You know, yeah, you're always yeah. just talking about you're food. Always and, starving. Yeah. 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 Hey, we yeah. we did that even on the the JMT, and that's a yeah. fraction of the distance. I know. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You don't, you don't that... have to walk through Palmdale, hangry, 
on the JMT. So that's <laughs> you can survive Palmdale walking through Palmdale hangry, then you can survive just about anything. I think an apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. with so many people doing the PCT these days, they say, you know, you kind of have your trail family and there's like tons of people that you have your same pace. Were you traveling mostly just the two of you? Were you traveling yeah. out of those 40 that remained? I mean, cause my guess is with only 200 people, mm -hmm. you guys were probably all pretty spread out and not necessarily traveling yeah. on track with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I was very spread out. I would say the most like people was maybe in the very beginning, there'd be like 15 to 20 kind of mm -hmm. around a stop where people are camping. And then as people kind of fall away, because they realize this is not, it's actually not just like a fun camping adventure where you just get to like string up a hammock and hang out for an afternoon next to a lake, which is, I think, as a lot of people imagine it. And, uh, yep. And then, uh, but then when you do it, you realize, especially the year we did it because it was so slow going and that much snow and it's map and compass. It was a race. It was like every minute you had to be running, basically walking, hiking, very few moments. Mm -hmm. I could probably count on one hand how many times we saw a beautiful lake and we had the time to stop, strip and jump in it. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah. it was like a rugged, rugged year. And, um, but that being said, when we were in those high Sierras, that was in, was that in June? Mm -hmm. It must've been June. We, a, yeah. Yeah. Forrester Pass was actually getting, was like a cornice over Forrester Pass. There's yeah. so much snow. Yeah. And, um, and so we were days, just the two of us where we didn't see a soul. Mm -hmm. We saw a black wolf yeah. in the middle wow. of this snow field. We saw a huge avalanche on a, on a, mountain slope like across from mm -hmm. us like through this canyon it was so loud and um we just had these amazing experiences that no one you know yeah, it would yeah. be rare yeah. to have than the J john muir section because it's normally so trafficked right yeah. it's so hyped <clears throat> and we got to do days and days yeah. where when we did finally see a person walking toward us mm -hmm. we were like in shock was like <laughs> well i mean the, like, J yeah. the jmt it? was less traveled then but then somebody ruined it i'm not gonna name names but um <laughs> let's um so like just uh, what were your trail names oh yeah so uh i'm la fonda from napoleon oh, Dynamite. i love it i love it yeah you know they met kit, kit yeah kit, kit met her online dating yeah yeah I, online I, chatting i literally yeah. talked about that yesterday so yeah okay well yeah. her and i were the same the nails yeah, the high yeah. heels okay the high maintenance uh, high, maintenance. Um, high yeah. maintenance or just maintenance <laughs> yeah yeah and um, yeah. my trail name is euro trash oh that's great because <laughs> Cause it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys know legend? I think legend was on the trail that, that year too. Oh, yeah. A friend of the show legend. So yeah. 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 We do know Jeff, Jeff Garmeyer. So yeah. Good, good friend of the show. And uh, yeah, that's um, right. He was, he was yeah, a couple weeks behind him. me. We just missed each other. We know uh, when we were going hmm. southbound. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Cool. So you yeah. get to Canada and then what? I'm like so fascinated by all of this. I like so love it. <laughs> yeah. So by the time we got out of the Sierras, Oregon is really actually pretty flat um, in elevation. And then we kind of like raced to get to Sanium Pass to hitchhike into Bend because that was the only time we took like even a couple days off trail. Yeah. We knew we had to pack a lot of miles to, to take a day off in yeah. Bend. And so we were doing for f six days in a row, we did almost... Uh, Every day we did 40 miles a day. Oof. Oh my so gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, once we got to Sandy and Pass and got a ride, hitchhiked to Bend, we were tired. Then we took a day off, full, full zero, yeah. zero day. And yeah. Was, yeah. And so, and were your wow. folks there? Uh, so, were, at the were end. Your, was your, okay. My, at the end, my mom and dad drove up from Bend to pick us up off trail and then drove okay. back. And um, so now Was that the I first think... time you guys had met? My or parents? had they met before? Yeah. Oh, no, no they had met. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, they, okay, okay. yeah, I met them 2009, yeah, when I came. When they realized he wasn't okay. Vietnamese. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not that there would be anything <laughs> wrong if he had serious. been, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. my mom said... Does he speak English? And I was like, nope, 
Not a word. Wow, what that's, we really that's have the way in she common. likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. After the uh, yeah, you asked about when we got to Canada. Yeah, yeah. What's what was yeah. next? Yeah, we're yeah. After that. So my parents drove up to pick us up yeah. and we had to hike into, it's like nine miles across into Canada and Manning Park is where they picked us up. And then there was a whole, this is everyone's trying to get home, right? So there's a whole bunch of other dirty, sweaty hikers that are asking for rides. My parents had driven up a suburban or something yeah. to get everybody in the car. <laughs> Unwilling <laughs> trail just, angels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We drive straight through all the way down. We're trying to cross the border back into U.S., so now my parents hand this massive stack of passports to the immigration guy. All of us are, are, are American, right? Are from U.S. other than Vile. So the guy's flipping through all the passport. Then he goes, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like really in the back. Yeah, and by the way, his yeah. beard is like so massive from the trail. He looks yeah. like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> so it wasn't a good look when you're trying to enter the U.S. Yeah, and be no. the only foreign guy. With this face yeah. on the passport and <laughs> Yeah, his face looks And he like got Santa Claus in, in real, real life. And then he has this massive beard. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the only one that got the body cavity search coming in. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because yeah, okay, I asked yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He's like, I saw them on the movies. You guys do those here, right? Yeah. They call me Eurotrash. Let me, let me ask this. Is, I'm kind of curious because it's kind of funny because the only time I've ever had a Canadian be rude or unfriendly to me and it's happened several times is the customs agents when i'm flying in like actually mm. both times in calgary by the way going to Banff for different reasons that happened mm. so that's the only time it's ever happened but then i also so i wonder like is it coming into the u.s is that the same too or if you're not from here are oh, they yeah rude yeah. to you but nice to us i was just i'm just kind of curious have you found yeah. that experience because i'm yeah. wondering if that's yeah. just a thing like customs people are rude to people from other places you know yeah, that that is pretty common. There's there's some exceptions uh, when you're like actually surprised. They're like, "Oh, this this is a trap. Why are you so nice to me?" But yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, I don't know if it's rude or they're just really like. I think they what they say is they have to give it to everyone, not just like, not just say like, "Oh, he's from Europe or he's from you know the Middle East or something." You can't to a difference between those people. So I think they're just pretty stern on everyone. But yeah, there were some guys that I, it was borderline rude, you know, when it came to. It was the beard. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. also, I guess, weirdly, I think about it in all the other countries I've been to and like a, a wide smattering of cultures and whatever. Canada yeah. is the only place where I felt like ugh, about, you know what I mean? Like that was not a good experience. Like I'm on vacation yeah. and it's already like, kind of sour just based on my experience walking into the airport you know so i don't know yeah yeah i don't know maybe if any canadian listeners maybe you can do something about that i don't know but <laughs> but i don't know if and then american if that's other people are feeling that you know i guess you know who knows but yeah it was a weird thing yeah mm. <laughs> yeah yeah how, how about now just out of curiosity so you're riding your bikes i mean that's a lot of countries to go through yeah. How, yeah. how, like on the border crossings, how was it, you know, did you yeah, have issues? I'm trying to transition into that part of the story. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so <laughs> so that, smoothly. that, how that, how that came about, that adventure was because yeah. when we were in the middle of Washington on the PCT, having this crazy experience with all the snow and all of that, that wild adventure, um, we were somewhere in the middle of Washington going, you know, this is really cool, but we're really kind of in the trees and it would be kind of nice to move a little bit faster than a slug's pace. And one of us, we don't remember who said, maybe we should try like a bike tour sometime, having not done one at all. <laughs> so fast forward like four years or so. And then 2016, we decided we were in the middle of a house remodel together, hating it as couples do in a house remodel situation. And we're like, you know what, having, again, not done any bike touring, having not ridden bikes, Vile hadn't didn't even have a bike, I think, for 10 years or something. So he we uh, we bought bikes. We asked a buddy friend in Ben's uh, John at Project Bike at the time he was the manager of Hutches. We asked if he would help us uh, figure out what we needed. 
So off, off advice, we got a deal on two bikes and then we, by his advice, got the gear built up. He helped us after hours built up some bikes mm -hmm. and then we rode um, on without anything on them, like 10 miles up and down Bear Creek Road. And then we boxed them in the backyard of the hutches on the west side. And then we flew with them to Brudo Bay, Alaska in 2016 in June and just started biking. No mm -hmm. experience, hadn't hadn't got like hadn't done anything we're just like yep yeah, let's pick this adventure and just go for it mm -hmm. I, i'm seeing a pattern here so like you crew yeah. on sailboats no experience yeah. you know you yeah. you you backpack you through hike the pct never you know spent a night in a tent together or hike together right. mm -hmm. and now you're you're uh, on this bicycling adventure um, mm -hmm. and yeah. you rode about 10 miles it sounds like <laughs> yeah, yeah about 10. Yeah. Which is not eighteen thousand. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, but Vila, you mentioned initially, like your Vietnam when you guys initially met, you were doing a bike tour, were you not? So you had some experience with this, right? No, just, no, no, no. Right? I was no, I was I was backpacking. Oh, you were backpacking. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No, yeah. This was the first. <laughs> this Alaska to Argentina. Was he was the... on a booze cruise. <laughs> oh, That's what he was ah. on in Vietnam. Hence the draw. <laughs> Forgetting he was so drunk, he forgot to tie the drawstring. Now I get it. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So now, do you have touring bikes, mountain bikes? What kind of what kind of bikes did you guys? Uh... So for that trip, yeah, we had touring bikes. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a um, Surly disc trucker. Okay um and they were just what were recommended for us there was a couple other ones but we got a deal on these and so we we got these this was a huge endeavor you know it took you what two years to complete it uh, yeah. yeah just under two years so um like i said we flew to bruto bay and the reason we went to bruto bay is because it's the northernmost place of the americas with a road so Vile had said, I really want to bike. If we're going to do that biking thing we talked about, I want to see South America. And I said, okay, cool. But I really would like to see Alaska, maybe some of Canada. And then he went, all right, cool. We could just put it together. That's literally the depth of our planning. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, wow. yeah. yeah. So, and then um, because we really thrive on doing no research um, and just diving into something we have no experience with um, because I feel like a lot of times in life we over plan things we right. we think we got to have all the best gear or all the right stuff or it's got to be the perfect timing or all these things and then most of the people we know just never even get started and yeah. so it's like we don't want to be that we are very um, we really believe in like just going for it and not waiting and so we had uh, decided we're going to do this ride. And then Vila said, well, uh, we could start from either Anchorage, Alaska, which there's a road from, or there's this place. Um, and I said, well, but where's the most Northern place we can start? Cause we had kind of planned to go to the most Southern place. And he said, well, there's this place called Bruto Bay. I saw on the map, but that's about it. Like that we knew of. And I was like, yeah, okay. Well, obviously we got to start there. Cause you can't go to the total bottom if you're obviously, not going to start all the yeah, way. Up the top. Right? I know. And so, so that was the reason that we we started um, at Bruto Bay. And for those that don't know where Bruto Bay is, it's the northernmost point of the Americas with a road, but calling it a road is being super generous because it is a mud pit um, of 500 miles that only about 100 miles is like remotely paved. And the only reason the road exists um, north of Fairbanks is it's a service road um, for the oil pipeline and the oil field, that's the only thing at the very northern point in Bruto Bay is an oil field. And so um, it's lovely. an airport in that. Yeah, yeah, it's real romantic. You would love it. You guys should definitely take a vacation there. It's yeah. just fam sit by the non-existent pool yep. and just get mauled by the mosquitoes. It's great. So, so I just looked it up on Google Maps and it says, unfortunately, there is no, uh, there's no way to travel from... Bruto Bay to Tierra del Fuego by bicycle or high or walking or by car. It's impossible, apparently, according to Google Maps. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but what, yeah. what was that like? I mean, you know, you're following, you've got to use something for navigation and 
you know, I, you, you uh, talk about like kind of going without road. research. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... There's only the one road until you get to Fairbanks. So there's no options. There's nothing out there, and all there is is there's one lone gas station between Bruto Bay and basically almost to Fairbanks. Yeah. And so, um, which I said is like 500 miles. And so we didn't even know because we'd never ridden bikes fully loaded yet. We flew up there, loaded them. Now we're about a hundred pounds each and we started biking. So we're guessing we could get to Fairbanks roughly in 10 days. So we only have enough food for the 10 days, right? So it's very motivating. You know, you're going to run out of food if you don't make it, but we didn't even know if we could make it because we didn't ever ride fully loaded. And we got there, realized it's so far north that there are polar bears. That's how far north it is. So the weather changes like every five minutes. And the road is like the road that you see on ice road truckers. So, or world's most dangerous roads. So it is very non-accommodating for like driving, let alone bikes. And we didn't even have that wide of a tires. We're not talking about mountain bike tires. We have like touring bikes right? with like two inch, two. Yeah. One and a half inch. One and yeah. a half inch tires. Were so, you pulling trailers with all your stuff in it? No. No, we, we had just... Oh, so this was all loaded on your bikes. Yeah. This is all on the bikes. Yeah. Two panniers in the back and two in the front. Yeah, and way too much stuff. I couldn't even fit all my stuff because I never had packed them, the panniers. So I just packed too much stuff in the box and just we flew to Alaska and I'm trying to figure out where to put all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah, but you 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 learn fast. Sure. And then by the time we got to uh, Fairbanks, we actually sent a box to band of stuff that we didn't need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think like you talk about not even planning it. I think like if you overplan stuff, when the plan starts getting going south, which it always does, because again, I think I've said it on the, my favorite quote of all time. I've said this on the podcast is from all people, Mike Tyson, and everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? <laughs> like if you have these strict plans yeah. and it's not going yeah. well or it's not going to plan, that's yeah. a stress in and of its own. Whereas if you're like, you know, well, my plan is to get to Tierra del Fuego and I'm in Alaska now. Right. Whatever yeah. happens in the middle, you're kind of like, well, you know, you don't have expectations and it, it, it's a little bit uh, easier of an experience in that way. Yeah. Some people can't yeah. handle that. They need everything planned. I know. But Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just got to be fine getting punched in the face and just hope yeah. that it's not Mike Tyson. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Or a polar bear if you're in Prudhoe Bay. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is going to, you know, that there's going to be things that, you know, don't go right. And such as life. And, you know, but, but everything in life is that, right? Yeah. So it's just how you get up and keep going is, is the key. Now, were you camping a lot on this, on this or were, I mean, obviously the, on that road or on that highway, you must've had to camp. I can't imagine. Like you yeah. said, there's only the one gas station. What about when you were in more developed areas where, was it more of a hotel thing or was, or were you more like looking for the campgrounds? Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, you asked camping. Sorry, kind of like the end oh, yeah. cut off. Yeah, you asked about camping. Yeah. yeah, so we spent about six hundred nights on this trip, and f over five hundred we spent in the tent, and never really in a campground or anything. It was always like stealth camping or someone's yard in Latin America or <laughs> um, anything like fire stations, police stations. Um, yeah red cross buildings churches and yeah but always in our tent you know yeah almost all all the time yeah wow <laughs> yeah yeah we had 800 dollars per month for this trip so that's about 25 bucks a day so yeah it wasn't we couldn't take hotels or motels really hardly at, at all. all so yeah and that's yeah. even like low for like a daily food budget i mean that's you know yeah. Yeah. Like, like, what were you doing? I mean, was this gas station, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Was this like, you're also burning a ton of calories pushing those heavy bikes. And obviously, there's, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what this, you know, the specific route you took, but there's a lot of mountains between Bruto Bay and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Del Fuego. Lots yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we did a lot of oatmeal. Vila is a huge fan of oatmeal. Um, it's his favorite food, I think actually. 
Uh, so no I more. hate oatmeal. I, I, I got burned. I, I got burned out on it after five years of backpacking in the '90s, and I almost have never had it since. But yeah. I cannot even imagine like several yeah. thousand miles of it. Oh my god. Yeah, enough is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we we did a lot of oatmeal. Yeah. yeah, and we cooked in a titanium pot. Yeah, and we just had whatever we could find in mainly gas station and whatever gro grocery store looking places we could find along the Alcan and then Cassiar Highway through BC Yukon. Huge long stretches where you, you couldn't find anything. But it we met a lot of really nice people along the road that were in RVs and doing a lot of mm -hmm. RV travel and it would stop and give us a you know, a soda or snacks or whatever, because they're looking at you going, what in the hell are you guys doing out here on bikes? This is just. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about, so you had budgeted for your meal plan. So how, like on these adventures, how are you budgeting for the adventure? And what are you doing in between the adventures working wise to save the money to do the adventure, to take the time off? Hmm. So, so we owned a house in Bend. We rented it out to friends and then all we had left was 800 bucks per month. We didn't, we had a little bit, like maybe a couple thousand dollar like cushion when we started, but we didn't realize that Alaska would be so expensive. So Alaska is um, so far north and then everything in Alaska has to be shipped from the lower 48. So you get to one of a gas station restaurant and that hamburger is like $25 each without fries that's a bargain so, in la though just so you know it's <laughs> <laughs> true. true so uh i'm not the mathematician but vila what part of what percentage of our budget is that yeah for... it's a hundred percent yeah <laughs> yeah so better be a good burger yeah. yeah so um so this is how this is this is what we had to spend actually so we had the 800 bucks and um we we just took off jobs. I worked in, at the time I was a teacher and then a real uh, real estate agent. And uh, Vile was doing um, handyman jobs and- Did right? some accounting like, for a small brewery. Oh, accounting. And, yeah. 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 Worked for Crocs. Yeah, all kinds oh, yeah. of jobs. Yeah. yeah, whatever it took. So we just like left the jobs and took off on this trip and with the plan that it, we'd be gone for years and knew that we would just be gone and that's the money we had and um i think we've always kind of been a really good at you can do pretty good at living on a budget if you'll sleep in a tent and pedal yourself somewhere <laughs> yeah I think you guys are yeah. way too nice of landlords, though. Eight hundred a month—you could charge twice that in Bend, right? I guess maybe not <laughs> right. that five years ago or whatever, but I mean, or six right. years ago. But <laughs> yeah, can, they were our friends, and they, you know, yeah, they they took nice. great care too of nice. the house, and yeah. and he he was a he was a, a he's he's a um, contract contractor. Mm -hmm. uh, he does construction, so we just told him that, like. We don't have the money, plus we, we're not going to be reachable. But if something breaks in the house, you guys are just going to have to figure it out. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so and that that's how it went. And so it was it was a good, good deal for both of us, I feel. Yeah. 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 You're still too nice. I'm sorry. You guys we'll, we'll come back as slumlords in yeah. our next yeah. life. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's so harder on a relationship? Rebuilding a house or house maintenance or, or through hiking oh. or long bike trips? House, house, <laughs> anything house. Yeah, by far. By far. Not even yeah. close, yeah. All right, everyone, you heard it here. Yes. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. HGTV is full it's of. lying to you. Full yeah. honky, yeah. So, I mean, we all can kind of imagine. I mean, Alaska's interesting. Most of us can probably imagine the U.S., but let's get to Mexico, Central America, and then South America. Mm -hmm. Like, what was that? What countries did you pedal through? Obviously, you had to go through Mexico to get to Central America. So you did Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then what was the route from there and, you know, down all the way down? Yeah. So after Mexico, Guatemala, then El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. And then from Panama, we had to fly to Colombia because there you can only go by plane or boat. There is no land crossing between them. Um, There's the Darien Gap. It's about a hundred miles, and uh, that section is the road disappears. There's no road, and there's no border crossing. So it's um, 
very heavily drug trafficked and a lot of narcos going in through that jungle. And so even if you were going to try and push your bike through the jungle, there's no way to stamp out of Panama and into Colombia. So you legally can't do it either. Yeah. So, yeah. And so we flew to Colombia, Cartagena, Colombia, and then, um, which is on the north coast of Colombia. So again, we kind of wanted to do, you know, top to bottom South America too. So, and then through Peru, oh, sorry, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Argentina, Chile, Argentina, Chile. Then, then you kind of zigzag in between the two, two in the south. Um, so when we were going um, through Canada and U.S., we went coastal, west coast U.S., kind of 1-101 all the way down. When we crossed into Can uh, Mexico, we went to climbed over to Tecate instead of crossing over at Tijuana because it would have been a less busy border crossing than Tijuana. And then we climbed back to the coast and then zigzagged down Baja, ferried over to, um, to Mazatlan, after circling the tip of, of Baja. And then um, we biked through central Mexico. So think Guadalajara, Mexico City, Oaxaca, Chiapas, mm -hmm. because we wanted to see a lot more of central Mexico and the like real authentic Mexico and less of the tourist spots. So, um, and then when we were going through US and Canada, um, because I think we get a lot of you know, some of the negative focus in the news. Um, a lot of people would say, oh God, you're not going to Mexico, are you? Um, so we got that a lot when we were heading south. And to the extent that even though we'd been to Mexico two or three times, we started to even like question ourselves, like it's so much changed in just a handful of years that we're like all of a sudden being totally reckless. And then uh, we went down in through Baja, um, which is, um, a lot of cactus, a mm -hmm. lot of bike pu puncture, bike tire punctures, a lot of scorpions. Mm -hmm. um, and then crossed over to central Mexico and we we're biking through central Mexico. Um, if you remember, the last administration had changed over. And so the first thing, uh, there was some tension between U.S. and in Mexico. So we we're a little concerned how Gio we would be y. perceived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're really in the middle of Mexico. We're not in a tourist spot at all. So we were a little concerned and we needn't have been, been because the Mexican people were absolutely incredible. We had the most amazing experiences. We were invited into everybody's home, whether we knew them or not. And they would invite all their friends and all the neighbors and have parties and potlucks. They would invite us to quinceañeras and first birthday parties <laughs> and friends, neighbors' houses. And then they would hook us up with their friends and their families all along our route. And they were even sad when we left. Yeah. It was such an amazing, amazing experience. La and Lucha Libre. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mexican wrestling. We don't, oh, yeah. that in the, we don't get that mentioned on the podcast often. <laughs> yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sounds like you were like traveling celebrities in a yeah, way yeah. You know, through Mexico. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think too, it's like it just shows though, like everyone has these perceptions and in particularly places like that that get so much negative media. I don't know if people here though realize how mu how negative the media in America about America is. And I know a lot of like Mexicans don't like coming here because of the guns. In other places, yeah. people don't like coming here because right, of the guns. Right, right, right. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, when there's a school shooting every day in this country, which there seems to be, or a shooting every day, that doesn't make it appealing to other people. So I think like, right. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like people tend, what gets reported is always the worst. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And when, when you go through yeah. these other places and when you travel to other countries, you know, and I had, yeah, I talked about it on a previous episode. I went to Medellin you know, 15 years ago or so. And, you know, that was the murder capital of the world. And you, you couldn't have been happier. The people couldn't have been nicer and more welcoming. So, I mean, I think like, yeah. I think that's just a misconception. And I think it's important that what you guys, people like you are doing and that people get out and go experience other, other places, particularly places. I'm not saying everyone should go everywhere. There are certainly places you should not go. Like, I'm not going to recommend you go to right. Syria this week, but you know, or Ukraine this week, right. but like, you know, go to places that have these negative reputations. Cause it's rarely ever, what it's what it's meant to be and, and there's always places you should avoid but like you know you know just because you should maybe not go to certain neighborhoods in juarez or tijuana doesn't mean that like you go through guadalajara or places like that you're going to have a bad experience so right right right, right. yeah 
Um, I, I just, we both feel like, um, so media is, it is a business. It's still in the market of, you know, getting clicks and getting views. And so we tend to be a little more hardwired our brains just into um, noticing more the fear or the scary things. And so they tend to just, I think the last um, article that I had read, the statistics said something like 80 something percent of news articles are slanted negatively versus the positive. And if that's the case, then we're just getting a sliver of what, you know what I mean? We know that most of the time we all do just fine. We have friends and connections and everything is great. And it's very rare, the situations that are really negative or really bad, but those are the ones that always make the news or the headlines or, um, and so this is why Vila and I are very, very uh, passionate about um, doing presentations in schools. That's actually where this whole book kind of came about is uh, after Pacific Crest Trail, we would go back to a lot of the Bend schools and go and talk um, about adventuring, knowing that these kids wouldn't necessarily want to do exactly what we had done or whatever, but um, because it can't just be the negative stories, the positive real stories have to get out too, you know? Um, and we felt it very important that we had control over that story and that we could get out there and get in and around in front of people and tell them the real story, um, especially to inspire us. You know what I mean? We all need to hear some positive and we all need to believe, especially after a global pandemic where we're all divided and separated and, you know, forced into away from each other and for some time that we can really do this. We, it is really nice people out there. It is really kind people out there. Everybody wanting to help you or, you know, give you a meal or take you to a Lucho Libre or something. And, and, um, that's really what, what the world is, you know? And so it's just reminding people that this is what the world is about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great sentiment. And I think, uh, um, you know, we don't hear enough of that. And, and it's, you know, I've, not to defend the media or anything, but like, you know, the story of uh, Kristen and Ville, you know, uh, traveling by bike through Mexico and being invited in for dinner doesn't make a great news headline, you know, Correct. And that's, but that's the reality is that it's yeah. totally, those experience on a daily experiences on a daily basis are much, much more common than, than, than the negative headlines that we see. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a good reminder. Yes. Right. I gotta ask, and, do you do yeah. you still have those bikes? She has. Mine mine got stolen um uh -huh. um a couple of years ago in Portland. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Uh, Portland. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it was it was someone got a really used bike out of it, so yeah. um <laughs> I I tried to look for it. Yeah. I tried to look for it, but uh um couldn't find it anywhere. Um on online or on some of the chop shops but um we uh it's 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 material things you know it's it, yeah, it was yeah. it was it was a very sentimental item for sure but we we're healthy like nothing happened that you know on the bike trip that you know physically stopped us and and so you know material things you, 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 i got a new bike and everything everything's yeah. good but yeah they didn't take the memories yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. whoever needed it needed the money more than i did or or yeah you're too nice i'm sorry i'm a cyclist <laughs> so good bike karma. thieves yeah you know, bike thieves. Like, no yeah i want to hunt well, them down i want to hunt them I'm, all down i'm sure <laughs> you can imagine pay. what i said yeah. when i noticed yeah. that it was stolen it was hey. not these words yeah. so whoever yeah. stole Vile's yeah. bike i'm looking for you and if i find you you're in trouble just so you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> someone's gonna get it like yeah I, i've never wanted this this used exactly piece of piece of crap anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 um yeah. so now did you go through the andes i mean so you, you landed in colombia we, we broke off mm -hmm. you yada 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 like all of south yada, America. Yada, so yeah. let's 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 uh yeah <laughs> Mexico. Then we went through Central America. Central America is uh, you're flying through countries every few days. Um, and then to answer your question about crossing borders, um, oh, yeah. we had just learned 
that if we went really early in the morning, we camped near a border crossing and then we'd go try and cross it early in the morning. Um, it's before all the chaos is there, right? All the money exchangers and people trying to sell things and whatever. Um, and we'd go really early in the morning. I'd watch the bikes and then a lot of times Vile would go in and uh, we just would know about like the local football soccer teams. And you just go in and just, you know, shoot the shit with the, the guy or woman working there and just about the local teams and this and that. And never had to pay a bribe, never had to, um, right? Never, yeah. Never yeah. had to, like, never got a hassle. And um, if anything, they wanted to ask a million questions about our adventure and, and, and learning Spanish, like actually learning the language um, goes a long way. You know yeah. what I mean? Just giving an effort and and trying to uh it opens a lot of doors to yeah. what you can do and making connections with people so yeah that was really helpful yeah and then you asked about the andes yeah so um in in when we left cartagena colombia that's pretty much when the andes the foothills start and then you go over up the big foothills and drop down to medellin and then you start climbing again towards the ecuadorian border and then, then you're in the Andes for the pretty much for the rest of the trip. Uh, we just followed the Andes. We could have taken, for example, in Peru, the coastal route, which would have been flat and hot and kind of boring, but a lot shorter also in time-wise. But we chose the Andes, and we crossed them in Peru probably five or six times. Our highest pass was 16,000 feet that we had to cross. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they were. It's it's big. It's, Way more than five or six. We had ten passes just in the three hundred and eighty. Yeah, but it's yeah, I know. But yeah. how you count? It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And did you go through the Atacama as well? I mean, is that? No, no not that really. Okay. Not not really. No, um, because they there's a route that goes through there. Yeah. Not the rope, but the route and. We our tires were not big enough for that. Okay, it was like yeah. soft sand. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Sounds kind of yeah. like walking through uh, uh, Palmdale, hangry, right? Would be like riding. <laughs> yes. The yeah. So I'm glad you guys yes. skipped that. That sounds. Yeah. Right. It would have been. Like, it would have been <laughs> yeah. like Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like any level of pat, like like sixteen thousand foot passes to not ride through the Atacama or spend two days walking through Palmdale, I think is worth it. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so through. Peru, we decided to go through the mountains and uh, there's a section to give you an idea of like the climbing just Peru. There's a section that's um, that's called uh, this town called Ayacucho uh, to Cusco. Yeah. Uh, and the stretch between those is about 380 miles. And there's roughly 10, depending how you count it, pa mountain passes to climb between that one section. And it's called aptly named the roller coaster of death for a reason. I think I saw that. Isn't that on? There's like a movie or like a show, like most dangerous roads. And I'm pretty sure that was on. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple. So they like to name these things always yeah. death. So that that's, yeah. that's called trampoline of death. Cause it goes like, whoa, like that yeah. constantly. Oh, yeah. But this one is called roller coaster of death, I guess, because it kills cars, the carburetors. Mm. Cause oh. it yeah. goes, yeah, because so you can't, down and you so can't adjust it quickly enough. and Right. Yeah. So in that one uh, 380 miles uh, that Vila and I biked, we had climbed uh, 61,000 feet, descended 60,000. So to give you an idea of how much that is, that's as if we had climbed from the sea level to the top of Everest twice, just in 380 miles. Yeah. No, thank you. Quite a bit. <laughs> How were your brakes? <laughs> we went through a lot of brakes. Like what, yeah. like, what kind of gearing and like how many brake pads did you go through? The gearing, uh, I don't know. Just whatever that Shirley came with. Um, the granny gear was in, in, we were using that most of Peru. Yeah. 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 yeah it's just, it just slow. It's just climbing. Um, yeah. Uh, and then brake pads. We actually didn't go through any brake pads until we got to Peru. And then we went through multiple brake pads in Peru and rotors and yeah. So you got disc so you brakes? Guys, disc yeah. brakes. Okay, disc brakes, yeah. yeah. Mechanical, yeah. yeah. So by the time you you know you get to Peru, you guys are probably, you know, expert bike mechanics at that point. Yeah, for sure. Like 
like I I I would I'd I be would... embarrassed to show how I fix it or how I get there. You know, the end is that the bike is fixed, but the way I do it is more MacGyver like like yeah. like a <laughs> like a you know like a Kenny and Chop Shop yeah. or something yeah. like, zip, you know Turkey's Bazaar. Yes, yes, yeah. When I, if a mechanic would look like like no, that's not how you threw a wheel or that's not how you adjust a derailleur, but but it gets it done right. You know you you know it's kind of like that just field repair yeah type of yeah right. yeah yeah. So what are the, some of the things that you kind of learned from this trip? We talked a little bit about just sort of the, the social aspect and the people mm -hmm. that you met and how wonderful that was. What are some of the other things that you kind of brought back with you at the end of this trip that, um, you know, you'd like to share with other folks? I mean, this is not a trip that very many people will probably, you know, listen to or read the book and go, oh, I'm going to go do that because it's so big. It's so huge. Yeah. But I think it could inspire a lot of great adventures. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what advice would you have for folks? Yeah. Um, so Peru ended up being our probably second favorite country. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because Peru was a place that when we were climbing through the Andes and all these villages. So imagine these are women dressed and men dressed in very colorful blankets with these kind of different big almost like a Stetson hat with feather and um the like Mary Jane type of shoes and stockings this is not you know and a lot of the native the language was Quechuan it wasn't even Spanish and so um we were months biking through this place that was like a step back in time. These people didn't have cell phones. They didn't have computers. They did not have technology as we know technology today. And it was one of the most beautiful, amazing experiences to be able to go and live months in a place that really put time into human connection. Right. Because they don't have any, there is nothing else that's distracting them. So it was being able to spend all this time biking through places that you would ask to camp. They would invite you to the yard and everyone is actually just hanging out and spending time with each other and socializing. And the kids are playing and they're all playing with each other and all the relatives are hanging out together. And you have these moments and they invite you to maybe the we got invited to churches or different you know uh, gatherings and then places sleeping in yards or in their huts or whatever but um when we left them uh you just know that you're never going to see this person ever again you're not going to see them on a on an app or you're not going to see them in a you know what i mean an email or have a phone conversation down the road um but it it was still like we had shared this moment with them you know you had this time together and when you left it you just knew that that was it and that was okay that was enough right um i think that was a very very special experience that both Feely and i got to have in that and also made us really reflect on what we do in the developed world right in finland in us and kind of question in a positive way that not one way to do everything is always the right way. And so you started actually thinking about what is it that we've accomplished in US by all these technologies? What are we accomplishing by making all these advancements, right, in technology buys us more time, but buys us more time for what? Because all we do is even work more. We're not actually taking the save time to go spend more time with families and friends. We're just working more or on our phones more or on our computers more. And um, you kind of just realize that this is kind of insane. This is a little bit insanity. And um, I don't know if we're questioning that enough. Maybe we are. Maybe that's what what COVID forced us to question is why are we like you know what are wait, we doing shaking up our norm a little bit you're not saying that cell phones and computers i mean don't make our lives better are you you can't possibly <laughs> be saying that you can't say that these people are happier than we are without having to deal with all of that i, I can't imagine that oh right? man not having to do They're... wordle every day i mean how could you be happy not having 
to friggin' do Wordle every single day. I just, I don't right. understand it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and and that's the funny thing is sometimes I felt like we actually thought that these people would be like, you know, because they work a lot, they live off the land, they have their animals, their kids, their families. And you realize that, I, because I used to work at nannying and I've worked for some families that have mansions and really nice cars and and more money than god and that did not make them happier and some of the people we met in these villages were a hell of a lot happier and a lot less stressed out than the people i used to work for mm-hmm. yeah. what is the name of the book <laughs> yeah right oh, by the way there, there is a book, a right? book. <laughs> let's, let's... yes yes yeah so so book is called joyride a bike odyssey from alaska to argentina um written by Kristen Jokinen. And there's an introduction by Cheryl Strayed. Those that don't know who Cheryl Strayed is, she wrote Wild and Tiny Beautiful Things, which is now streaming on Hulu. Um, she, my publisher, uh, Hawthorne Books, uh, had picked up my book right before we, two weeks before we left for a bikepacking trip top to bottom of New Zealand. Ooh. So I had to carry a laptop on that trip on my bike in the bag so that I could stay on top of my edits. And then my book just came out May 2nd. Um, my launch was at Powell's Books in downtown Portland. And Woo-hoo. yep. And we're on a national book tour now, um, promoting the book and talking a lot about our adventures and especially all the things, kind of what we talked about a little bit, what we learned today about kindness and connection and trusting each other. I love it. And where can people find your tour dates? Yeah, so you can find us um, at (laughs) welostthemap.com. Nice. Is that your, yes. do you have social media or did you like decide uh, yes. you do? Okay, where can we? Yes, yeah. so you can find us on Instagram. We lost the map and Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try and keep up on it. Yeah. We're not amazing at it, um, <laughs> but hey, we give it a shot. And um, so, and we can be emailed at we lost the map at Gmail. So we'd love to hear from everybody. Tell the, us the adventures yeah. you're on. Yeah, the tour dates are uh, tour both dates. on the social media and, and the website. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Tour dates are on there. Come out and see us. We're camping and we're roughing it and we're staying with friends and visiting people all along the way. So um, we're actually... We're doing podcasts from our car in a brewery parking lot. and. <laughs> That we might sleep on the parking lot tonight. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we could just keep talking for another hour because you just dropped the oh like the yeah. new zealand trip and yeah. oh I'm i know, I know. Between. so we're gonna yeah, have we, you guys back oh on God. uh for sure because i mean <laughs> yes. i feel yeah. like we could either do two parts Definitely. now or we can just do a get, reach out to you again in a few months and do like a follow-up <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. that would be great we we'll, can tell you how it's going yeah we'll cause... be done in october and you okay. can uh, um yeah. get a, a, a yeah, see what kind of a mess we are because yeah. we're finally having to make plans and follow oh, our no. schedule. And so you're, you're going to get punched kind of, in the face. No, that's not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Some, <laughs> some of them are yeah. like, yeah, holy field Tyson level. Yeah. <laughs> we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash A-T-A-P. You can find Severia at Adventure Us Women. That's Adventure US Women. Jeff at The SoCal Hiker. Or me at The Muir Project. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more information about this episode and all of our others, you can check out the show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On our next episode, we have map artist Elizabeth Person. Thanks for listening.